Welcome to another episode of Cosmic Echo, a Tail Eater podcast. This podcast explores the strange and bizarre phenomenon that happens in our lives when we sleep in altered states. In this episode, we speak with Jody Doty, who is a clairvoyant and has been using her abilities to help others for the majority of her life. She talks to us about her abilities, how it got started, and how you can also learn these tools for yourself. Additionally, she does a live reading for us, which is interesting and very accurate to our personal lives. If you'd like to learn more about Jody Doty and her work, you can visit our website at tailleaders.com backslash CE podcast. And there you can click on links that will take you to her website as well as her books. Additionally, you can support this podcast by clicking on our donation page located at the same website. Well, without further ado, let's get to the interview. Can you uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got um, interested in clairvoyance? Um, I know you talked about it uh, kind of coming to you as a child, and I'm very interested in hearing that story. Right. I am Jody Doty. Uh, my gifts um, have been by both nature and nurture, meaning uh, they're inherited. My grandmother, my mother, my sister. Actually, my son, he's kind of rejecting his, but he has a gift, too. So they so they were inherent. And I first found out that I saw things differently when I was five. Uh, I was living in Hawaii at the time, and I was in school on the playground in Hawaii. And in the cane field at recess, I saw a UFO. And I didn't know what it was. But I was fascinated by the lights and the shape of it and, you know, all of that. And so I started tapping on the other kids' shoulders and saying, what do you think? Look at that. And people, the other kids were, didn't know what I was talking about. They didn't see it. Hmm. Um, I finally found one other, this is a whole, you know, recess, you know, whole school year to kids. And one other boy saw it. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, it's not just me. But that's when I kind of knew that I saw things a little differently than other, you know, than other kids did. And I was a fairly shy child, but I did go home and talk to my dad, who happened to be a military pilot. So that was an interesting conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, he was trying to tell me some other things that, you know, was a helicopter. But I've never seen anything quite fly straight up and then sideways the way it Hmm. took off. It hovered for a long time. So anyway, that was one of the first things that I saw that I remember being, you know, I knew it was different, um, that not everyone saw this, saw it. Um, and also when I was a kid, and I think growing up or living in Hawaii um, during the early 60s, there was a lot of um, events and UFOs and, you know, things that, lots of things that were happening on the planet around that area. Um, I also, every night when I was a kid, my mom called me the tent caterpillar because I would pull the covers over my head because every night at about, I don't know, 10 or 11, I would feel what I called a uh, black car, a feeling of, of black car coming over hmm. me and it scared me. And I would, well, you know, like that, the movie with the little boy under the, under the covers, I would do that because I, you know, I didn't know what it was. And I found out, I realized much later that I was feeling the lava flows and the earth energy and all the changes on the planet. So I was actually tuning into, you know, the earth energy every night when I was, you know, quieter, when Hmm. things were still. Now, like a lot of kids, I really didn't tell a lot of people about it because it scared me and, 
you know, after the experience with the UFO, I kind of <laughs> didn't go there with the lab and stuff. But anyway, things progressed from that, and I, um, uh, and you know, as I became a teenager, my mom was always very open, and my grandma uh, about the gifts that they had. And I actually kind of shut mine down for a while as a teen because, you know, I got very focused on the physical and I didn't want, I, you know, that was just too much. But then I had some experiences um, of a friend, my sister's boyfriend who was, you know, killed in a car wreck and he came to see us and we felt him and I heard him. So my gifts, um, just so you know, I have a lot of their clairs, what you call the uh, clairvoyance, I see, clairaudience, I can hear beings, clairsentience, I feel, and claircognizance, which is probably one of my strongest gifts, is that I just know. There's, It's no logical reason you should know somebody's calling or somebody's, you know, gonna, you're going to see them in a week or somebody's feeling something at the time. So um, people call that, I guess, pragmatic intuition as well. That's what Einstein had, where you you know, where you just know things without, you know, a logical reason, hmm. but they come to you. And, and the more it happened, the more I trusted it because it was always pretty right on. So, but I, as I grew up then, I, I um, in my early 20s, I actually went to an astrologer and had my chart done. I was in legal at the time. I was a paralegal for years. <laughs> And so I was in admin and she said, you have the chart of a spiritual counselor and you see discarnate beings. I'm like, what's that? And she said, you're not very logical. And I'm like, I always thought I was, I'm, you know, and she said, no, you're intuitive. And if it's meant to happen, it, it will. If you're meant to follow that path, you will. And I kind of, you know, put it in the back of my mind and thought, whatever. <laughs> and then um, in my mid twenties, I was working at a law firm and I woke up one morning and it's like, boom, this is, I just felt something was shifting. And um, I, on my lunch break in downtown Tacoma, I was walking, you know, out of the, out of the restaurant and a sign blew off a post and landed on me. And I tried to put it back and then I put it, it didn't stay. So I put it in the garbage and it blew out of the garbage and it landed on me. <laughs> and I looked at it and it was a, uh, an invitation to a workshop on spiritual healing and uh, that night huh. and I thought, well, this is literally a sign. I have to go. Yeah. And I showed up and I was the only one that showed up and I had a private reading and then it validated so much of my gifts. And that's from that I took lots of classes and, um, and I finally did um, a seminary there and it was, a church uh, here in, up in Everett, Washington, that's still there. It's a combination of, of Christian and Eastern, so meditation, healing, but also belief in the cosmic consciousness and Christ first energy. So it's a really interesting combo of um, you know faith and spirituality uh, with your energetic gifts yeah. and nature, and you know, and it's really served me well because. I've always had a strong certainty or a strong faith. Hmm. And, and I had these gifts. And when I was, you know, a kid, when I was a young adult, it's like I would know somebody was going to have a baby. And what, you know, I would, I would know where they wanted to go to lunch. But what good does that do? I mean, that's just plain game to me. It's like having 
you know, you're in a candy shop and trying to figure out, you know, what do you do with it? That's why I like um, the classes because my focus is really on, keep, you know, having you grounded within your body because we're spirit in a body. You can do the hokey pokey, you can be out, be in. But I really like you to be grounded and to use your gifts. I use the gifts for healing or to help people move to where they move, remove barriers and move to where they're meant to be, um, really to come into their highest self and be the most loving being that they can be. That's, that's you know, what I use the gifts for. Although I have to say I have also seen the other side of the gifts too. And um, my mom was kind of a spiritual warrior, I would say. And so she had, you know, the Bible and the, and the book, the book of the devil on the same bookshelf because she said, "No, your enemy." That's my. That was my mom. That's not my gift. But I always had things around me growing up, and so I, I really had to come into my own. And, and that happened, I would say, and with my meditation. I've been meditating since my uh, late twenties, hmm. and I just turned sixty. So I've been meditating. Which is also where a lot of my books come from. Interesting. Uh, it's through meditation. So, I mean, um, it sounds like you um, had an ability when you were a kid, and then through um, training, you kind of improved that ability over time, or like at least understood it. Is that kind of accurate? Um, giving it a focus, yes. Okay. Because when you have the ability, sometimes you, I think a lot of times when you see things, you automatically think, I have to do something about it, or, you know, I have to tell it, or what does this mean? And for me to have grounding, to be, have an earth connection, because I'm actually very um, earth connected, even though I know there. So I do the earth connection, but also um, taking those gifts and grounding them. And how do you use them? How do you bring you to your highest self? And so, yeah, it gave me a focus. It gave me a healing. Uh, it gave me a way to use it. The whole first year of the seminary was about clearing barriers and getting to know yourself, which is, which is the basis of all, you know, I think uh, all spiritual work is is being grounded in this reality and knowing who you are. And from there, then the second year was, you know, giving. That makes so sense. So it's a little unusual. One of my classes, reading the Bible clairvoyantly, it's a whole different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it made the miracle seem even more interesting to me because, you know, because I could sense it and feel it. And it yeah. was different than the words in a book. Interesting. Um when you when you were younger and then you kind of started per, uh, per practicing your like normal job uh, before you started doing clairvoyance type work um, and you kind of rejected your ability it sounded like did you feel any like um, struggle in that like something pulling you to do this through that process or was it kind of just shut off completely for a period of time? It wasn't shut off. I think I just didn't know how. Um, I didn't want to get so immersed in it. When you have these gifts, it's really the other thing that the training did for me was give me techniques to be able to protect myself, to be able to not take on other people's energies, which is a big thing for empathic people. You, is it mine or is it someone else's? I learned to ask. And so um, I did a lot of exploring. I went to lots of different uh, churches and synagogues and whatnot. I found that I just resonated with I think I tuned into old lifetimes or past lifetimes. And so I was, you know, going right along with the, you know, the Jewish readings. And I had no training in that whatsoever, but I just tuned into it. 
Yeah, it gave me a focus. It cemented what I already had, and it gave me a way to use it in a constructive way, in a practical way. And this is what I've been told by other people. I have a way of of making it practical, giving them practical practical tips and techniques during trying times when you know uh, when, to help you deal with how do I know this is me and not someone else's, and how do I release things that I've taken on and how do I really stay focused on the present because when you focus of course on the future you tend to be anxious which is what's going on in the planet right now so many so much anxiety but in a from a spiritual perspective it's a very exciting time yeah I bet (laughs) um yeah well I mean like um what what has this ability kind of like how, how has it helped you and helped other people um, through your your experiences with them and as well as like your own personal life and and using uh, your ability I guess to improve your life or has it improved or changed or yeah I think it's interesting because I used my gifts even when I was in the, the law firm I had somebody come in a client came in and I and my, and I was very fortunate that my bosses you know lawyers are some of the best clairvoyants on the planet they read people better than, than, than you would guess. So it's just a different matter of terminology. But, you know, I might say, I'm not sure you really want to take this particular case. Or I remember one time I, I told my boss, you need to pull out that old um, news. We represented a, a newspaper. And you need to pull out a file from eight years ago because I think it's going to come up. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. But then the next day he got a call about that case where something had come up and I had pulled it out already. So I and it's interesting because it's not that I'm sitting there meditating on it. Oh, it comes to me. So that's what I say about, you know, the the cognizance, just the information would come. Oh, you know, you might want to do that. So I even used it in my, you know, in my practice. It was just part of who I am. And it was funny because I noticed the people around me, my coworkers, started using their gifts because they had, you know, when I was owning mine, it gave them permission. And oh, it, was, I see. it was amazing, the communication. And, and I think it was from a healing standpoint. So, yeah. How it, personally, for me, some of the things that I, that I love the most are when someone will come to me, for instance, and I just did a baptism of this little girl, but a gal came to me because her father had, uh, she was eight months pregnant and her father had just passed and she was very distraught, very close to her father. Um, and you know, she was upset because the little, you know, he wasn't going to see the baby. Hmm. And so in my reading, I often see people who have passed. Sometimes I, I just know they're there. I don't necessarily see them. I just know I'll get a picture or an image or a message. Um, her father came in. And he showed me an image of him holding a shell, uh, you know, seashell. And I, do, I don't always know what the images mean. Um, I just am a conduit. I'm a clear channel. And I just told her I see him holding the shell. And she burst into tears hmm. and said when she was pregnant, that's how she told her, her family that she was going to have the baby because they had a beach house. And she held up a shell and it said little skippers on the way. And so for him to come in and show the shell told her that he was right there. He's right there next to her. He was going to see the baby. He's in her life. And I, 
just an incredible feeling that comes from that, that, you know, those that pass are still right there with us. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that brings me great joy when people come in and connect with those, you know, who have passed and, and just, you know, it's so healing. Yeah. Um, I, one question I had was, um, when you have these experiences, like you're, you're seeing something or hearing something, a message, how is that different than say, how do you determine the difference between that and say you're like a active imagination or something like that? Like, I mean, I, I actively have an imagination and I imagine things, you know, but I rarely listen to those images or ideas because generally they're just fantasy. So I'm wondering about how is it, how is that different between what you're experiencing and, you know, say me, who's most likely not clairvoyant. Well, it's different because I am in more of a, I would say a trance-like state or I'm in a very neutral state. I generally meditate before I do a reading and what I do is, is, um, you know, basically kind of allow my spiritual self to take over and I put the physical aside. It's really funny because I do have no logic when I'm doing that. I would, I read a friend of mine and whatever I see, it just comes out. And frankly, I don't remember my, I don't remember the readings after either. I think I would implode. But I remember saying, and you, you have a son? And she's like, you know I do. He was here like last week. <laughs> but when I'm reading, I'm in that, I'm in a, I'm very much connected with the divine and I'm, I'm in an altar state and I kind of look at the energy. So I'm not coming from a logical standpoint or an intellectual. However, I really think creativity, imagination, that's a good place to start because then you're open. I think it opens the door. And that's what kids are doing. When they're daydreaming, they're tuning in. And we tell them, oh, quit that daydreaming. But in actuality, they're kind of, that's an opening for them. And um, we shut it down. And I think it's a real disservice. But hmm. um, yeah, so I'm very much aware that, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a different, I'm in a different state, but I'm still grounded enough, you know, to this reality that, when I may realize, oh, she needs to use the bathroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm reading and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Do you need to drink the water? Do you need... So it, it's really interesting because I'm kind of on two, a couple different levels when I'm, when I'm reading. And, but I love it because this would have to happen to me in seminary. I, in my seminary, I did probably 200 readings um, each year. I probably did 400, over 500 readings, I would guess. And, in my training so you see everything but i went in one time and i was quite sick i was very nauseous and i almost canceled but when i'm reading i don't feel it at all hmm. when i'm reading i don't have that sensation but as soon as i'm done ugh. <laughs> because i'm more in my body i'm not as much of a up in the higher chakras and as a you know i even even doing that with i did my in-laws memorial service one of the hardest things i had to do um really but a joy to do it to be asked but as i'm doing the service i was in that more that role that space and as soon as i and i wear a robe because i think you have to have whatever you need um some people use crystals some people use cards i don't need those things but i do put a robe on when i'm doing you know uh memorials or that but as soon as i took the robe off i burst into tears because then that was me that was yeah. me physical connecting so it's a little different it's a little hard to maybe to explain it uh, logically because it's not logical it's, it's metaphysical it's different and 
you know, we all tune in and out. We all have the abilities. You know, everyone has different gifts. These just happen to be mine, and I have a bunch of them. And they've changed over the years. My Claire audience has gotten so much greater recently than it was. I think because I shut it down. I didn't want to hear. Some, hmm. That's what we do. When we first kids, we have a, a lot of it. And then we go, wait a minute. It scares me or I don't want to hear or, you know, I don't want to see that or whether it, because when we see, when we open our clairvoyance, we see everything. We don't just see the beautiful things. We see, we also see the dark things like the black car coming in or, you know, those types of things. Yeah. But it's just your clear, neutral sight. Well, Matt, Matt and I have interviewed quite a few people that are kind of similar to you, like, um, and they're, they do like S astral work and stuff like that and a lot of what you're saying kind of is similar to oddly similar to what they say you know and and very similar yeah <laughs> well i think spirituality is very simple i think we complicate things so yeah and i notice i i have a few questions like um sure. whenever you're 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 going through this how 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 do you think especially nowadays how is your gifts received whenever you go and tell somebody hey i have these spiritual gifts, it seems like this kind of thing is more, you know, accepted than it was, you know, 10 or 20 years oh, ago. Sure. Oh, sure. Um, I've been doing it 21 years and I have to say it's, I mean, I think I was fairly brave early on to even let my bosses know I had the gift because it scares people. Anything people don't understand, they immediately go into a fear about it. It's like, I don't, but uh, for instance, 20, well, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I saw um, a murder of a little girl up in uh, Everett, up in our area. And um, I didn't know whether to tell the police about it. Because frankly, back in that day, if you said something, they would think somehow you were involved. Or uh, And for me, whenever I have those questions, what do I do? I just ask, I just ask God. I go right to ask, am I supposed to do? In this case, the girl came to me. And I said, well, she was missing at the time, but I saw where she was, where her body was. And it happened to be that my son was staying up in the area with his grandma. So I was thinking about my son. And this is how the gift also works. I call myself kind of a spiritual barometer. Sometimes when I'm thinking about the area, they will come in, a spirit will come in, someone will come in because they know you're, you're you know, it's like frequency or telephone waves. And I just asked girl you know she was missing they had it on the news and I actually saw the whole I saw the guy I saw the band um saw where her body was saw the railroad tracks called my mom she knew right where it was up in her area and then I had the great debate what do I do about it do I call and back in that in that time now it'd be hey they'd hire me for a show to do that but back in that time that was the you know not a norm really they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't use that. And it ultimately, she t she came to me and said, they'll find my body tomorrow. And, and I just was ready to, I didn't want to be in this lifetime. This was my, you know, way out, which was a really tough way to do it. But as spirit, she, that was her agreement, was that she was ready to, to go. This was just the way she did it. But, um, and they did find her where, she, you know, where in it. And it was a neighbor. I, I the new story you could go back and look at it back at the time but i do have those questions it is it's interesting because i had a period too where i saw planes crashing in the mountains all the time and it's like one of them i knew was in south america but what do you do with that 
I actually saw Sandy Hook way back before. I was mortified because it wasn't during the time, like now, if you said, oh, there's a shooting on a playground, it's like, unfortunately, commonplace. But when I had the initial dream, it terrified me. And yet it was just for me to see. There was nothing but to send up prayer. And I, no, I don't always know when it's going to happen. That's the other thing. It's a little frustrating with my gift is, you know, and I'd forgotten about it. I had that dream. I told a friend and when Sandy Hook happened, um, my friend called me and said, you know, I think this is what you saw. So it, it's interesting, but I always just trust my certainty, trust, trust God. I ask if I want to know, but it's not always easy. And um, people are much more accepting. I'm not kind of like the Long Island medium, whatever. I, I don't go up and say, hey, I see your uncle standing behind you. To me, that's invasive. That is not me. I wouldn't just do that. I wouldn't do that to somebody about, you know, something very mundane. Like, you know, why are you eating tuna fish? That's not me. To me, I always, even when I do spiritual work, I always ask for permission. You know, if I do long distance healing on someone, I ask if they want the healing. Because to me, that's an important thing. You know, that's a loving thing. And I like to come from a loving state. That was a long okay. answer to the question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's great. It is different. It's much more accepted and it's really nice for me. In fact, my last boss, I worked, my last job, I was executive assistant to the CEO of a mental health facility about places. It's interesting. Uh, and that was it. That was interesting because I, I had to take the, um, I can't remember what it's called now, the, um, the lay person's being able to recognize when somebody has a mental health issue. And part of it was talking about, they may hear voices. And I'm sitting here going, this is interesting. They may hear voices. How do I, how do I take that? I mean, and I think the difference is, and I looked at this because in a lot of cultures, you know, we embrace that when people are hearing things, we embrace it as a, you know, that's part of their, like, the Aboriginals and Native Americans. Let's, let's work with it. Here we like, well, we better medicate that person or put them away. <laughs> but um, I don't know. For me, I, my, uh, my sense of that was I'm very aware what is this reality. I'm very grounded in this earth and this reality. But I'm not so um, set in my, my thinking and my beliefs and, and certainly in my gifts that I, you know, wouldn't say there's more going on and I w would be accepting of, you know. Uh, so if I don't know the voices or I don't realize, you know, that I'm in charge of my own reality and, and number one in my own body, and I, that's a different thing. That's where you don't have control over, you know, your ability to be here, your ability to be in your body, ability that's why I really like present time. I like being present, being in your body, um, owning your gifts, uh, as opposed to, you know, kind of just being mm -hmm. out of your body and floating like we did back in Egypt. And we've done that. Now we're like, there's, a, I always say there's a reason we have bodies. We're meant to operate through them. We're meant to bring our spirit in. So that's, that's really kind of more my, um, I don't know, thinking and basis of my practice is to use what you have and really embrace all your gifts and be open. But they can be overwhelming. Being an empath is very overwhelming. But if you don't learn, for instance, here's this 
I was at work one time and I had a horrible headache and I had it all afternoon. And for, I finally went, wait a minute. Uh, I took aspirin, it didn't help. I went outside, took a break and I just sat down and said, okay, who's in my head? What is this? Is this me or is this something else? And I immediately saw an image of my golden retriever, one who was my heart, very connected with. And I went, oh, it's not me, it's my dog. And I got home and my dog had gotten into a bee's nest and her head was like three times the size. But when you have this gift, it's really hard sometimes to determine is it me or is it, you know, is it them. I always say if it's overwhelming, it's probably not you. And there are techniques to move you know, to really come into you, be home to you is what I like to call it, be home to you and move the other things out, or to use those gifts, you know, if it would help people, you know, yes, and validate them, yes, you tend to know, you tend to see things, and that's okay, don't let it scare you, in fact, embrace it. Nice, I mean, uh... as long as you use it in the practical, as you, you know, as long as it's not, you're hearing voices and, you know, you don't, you're not in this reality. That it really is being kind of between worlds. And I think that's where we are as a planet right now. We're kind of trying to bump up into more of the loving consciousness. And, and I, I was, you know, talking earlier to Lee about, you know, all these weather changes. That's the planet. That's, you know, kind of the universe going, you're not purging. You're not clearing. You're not moving things forward. So I'm going to do it for you because when there's a big water is purifying in love and fire is, is, you know, move it, burn it, start it over. And it all moves us, you know, every natural disaster, any most human disasters will tend to bring out bestness. And if we could just do that ourselves without having to get caught into the, you know, all the, but no, it's mother nature saying, step it up. Everything's moving faster and you're still squabbling over, you know, stupid stuff. So I'm going to make it bigger for you. Oh, okay. Not having was one of the hugest and the biggest uh, change to consciousness and how loving, how much love those people all had a group agreement to come in and to move and to leave. And I love all the stories of how so many of them already knew ahead of time that they were going, you know, with their, in their diaries and how, and doing wills. They just knew and not in the physical way, but, but spiritually they knew. And what a what a um, huge gift they gave to our planet to bring people together and remind us what's important. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was I was going to lead into another question uh, about something earlier. Like, if you have if you have a friend and you notice, or a bunch of friends, it's very common nowadays talking about how they they catch energies or just very broadly empathetic things that they talk about like somebody that something that an empath would feel what kind of what kind of things can you say to them to you know kind of point them or nudge them to to their gifts like do you do that often do you see somebody that that you see is empathetic and you want to know want to you know nudge them or or take inventory of their passion all the time because they'll come and, and they'll think they're going crazy. Why am I feeling this? Why am I sad all the time? And I'll say, you're kind of living down in your emotions. It's a great place to visit, but you don't want to live there. You want to move up into your power, up into your neutrality. And I like to give them tips on how to move. Usually, most of the time, um, 
they're kind of afraid of it or they become overwhelmed with it because they get caught in the emotion of it. Empaths, I, I would say I'm not a true empath because I do more from the upper, more from the reading, more from the higher. I do have some friends that are pure empaths and I think that would be so very hard, like a James Bond fog where you feel everything. And I really, um, I teach classes. I've been teaching some workshops especially with kids. I love that one. I do an inner child workshop, but I also do one with kids where I teach them about boundary. I teach them that, you know, to be a human tree is what I use kids, you know, symbols, but being grounded like a tree and reaching your limbs up and you have a fence around you. You have a pinwheel in your third eye to blow out doubt. What a great thing it would have been to have that in, you know, a pop prison school to be grounded and release things from your third eye. So you just, know it you just see it and know it without having to drive yourself crazy but yeah i teach a lot of you know protection techniques but also encouraging my thing is you know about um teaching helping them learn helping them stay in their body helping them not to feel like they're going crazy um, and helping them to pay attention um we so often ignore we'll get signs and symbols and we'll ignore it and then or we'll talk ourselves out of it um i have often tell people you have consider you have a little computer next to your head you're in a conversation and suddenly you start thinking about all the things you want to say well pretty soon you're not even in the conversation you're over here you're out of your body and so i'll say blow it up blow up the computer blow up the, um use the near death and here's an example of a tip i give use uh computer screen in front of your third eye and if you have some energy you don't like there's a big delete button delete and just keep deleting until you let go of the energy and you run out of thoughts i hope that helps people at night when they, they can't sleep um i have a new one i'm doing with a to be looked at later bubble i love this one i don't know where it came from but in my meditation so if i'm talking i have i put an imaginary bubble next to me that's my to be looked at later and i'll just put that thought in it and i'll do that all day and at the end of the day, when I have 5,000 things in that bubble, I will go, okay, now I want to look at the top one or two things I really need to see. What do I really need to see? And they will come back. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But it's a great gift for people that are in their head a lot, you know. So those are kind of some of the little techniques I have. And, you know, a lot of times just helping people um, make space from other people or have a boundary. I had a very introverted friend that had, that I used to work with that had a corner desk and people would stop there and talk all the time and it drove her nuts. I could see her just going, God. And so I, I, I said, why don't you just put an imaginary boundary? I'll put a rose hedge or a fence around there and just ask them in spirit to please not talk by you. And she started doing that and it was really funny because they would walk up they'd start talking and they'd immediately just stop and walk away <laughs> it's amazing what we you know the ability we have to you know our thoughts to create and, and make things you know better for ourselves um i could have used that in I, the military <laughs> i was thinking the same thing <laughs> i've actually been working doing a lot of free fairs for the military in our area and they have so much trauma and I often give them this technique to deal with trauma and it's one I learned in my seminary of imagining and if you don't want to see the picture just know the pictures in front of you because our memory is like a photograph book 
with the picture in front of you, and I had to use this, I hit my dog with the car, I probably had to use this at least a thousand times. But put the picture in, tear the bottom off the picture, imagine all the emotion draining out of it, and then fill it with love and seal it back up, and you may have to do it a thousand times. But that, you know, our thoughts create, <laughs> you know, we create through our beliefs and our thoughts, and if you continue to hold that thought, you know, you're never going to be free of it, and that's, so it's really helpful that I'm really surprised, actually, I have a very close friend um, who's working with veterans, and he has these gifts, he's amazing, but they're so much more open, even my dad had a story with flying through the Bermuda Triangle, which I heard much later, I'm hearing them now, so because, you know, I got these gifts from somewhere, both my parents have you know, different gifts, but I have both of them. But yeah, he had an experience. It, in the, Before it was a demilitarized zone, I guess you can't fly through it for a long time, but he flew through it before it was, and he did have an experience where he lost his instrumentation, and he had to basically fly kind of through like an eye. And it was very terrifying, but he was a skilled pilot, he was able to do it and get through it. But he didn't talk about it with us for a very long time, you know. And that's just one of his experiences that he had as a pilot that he's 83 and I'm just now getting the stories. <laughs> amazing. But I think, you know, the, the, when you talk, talk about being in a profession that's tough to, when you have gifts like that. Oh, yeah. You know, the military, wow. But, but they're, they're becoming so much more open. You'd be surprised how many people come to these uh, military fairs and there's a lineup for them to come in and wow. find out more about who they are and That's interesting. what they were, what they were in a past life with their wife or whatever. <laughs> What's very the, that's, that's another kind of thing that when you're saying how does your gift, you know, how does it um, help you or make you feel good? That's one way it does is because giving them the ability to move through a trauma. For instance, I had a, a man come in right after 911. Sorry, I keep bringing up 911, but that was a powerful thing. He came in for a reading after 911. He had been in, he was in the military, and when I looked at him, I said, "You have the most peaceful, calming, angelic energy about you, and yet you're working in one of the toughest, hardest." And he said, "That's what my dad did. That's what my grandfather did, and so that's what I'm doing." And I said. But how hard that you're not validated for how loving and peaceful you are, because that's really who you are. And he cried hmm. because the gift. That's what we all want to want to do is be able to see who the person really is, who you're. That's why I call myself a soul reader. I look at who the soul is, and sometimes what you project in your body is not really who you are as as a core. Yeah, definitely. And those are the kind of things you, you think about whenever you're, like, bored on a six-hour watch. You're like, what am I doing here? Who am I? What am I really <laughs> want out of life? <laughs> and, and I know it. I'm a military brat. My dad, my my brother was in the Army, military intelligence. I have a lot of the, the military uh, energy. Uh, I call it government energy. I like to use the other thing I like to do to change the energy Everybody says white light. I'm not a big white light proponent. I think it's like fog. It masks stuff. I'm a huge gold energy. Gold is, to me, a Christ force energy. It's humor. 
one, some of the highest vibrations, if you're experiencing negative energy, go, you know, cleanse, take a shower, go watch a comedy, turn on a funny movie. Humor <laughs> is, comedians are the healers of the world. And gold energy is a very healing energy. So whenever I'm in the Department of Motor Vehicle, the post office, schools, any government agency, I ask for a beautiful gold energy to fill the room and release any anything negative. And people start smiling and talking to you, which is amazing. So that's my little tip to you. I love gold energy. You can <laughs> feel it. it. It just changes things. It doesn't just mask it, but it, it, it moves you to another place. Ironically, when, it, when I, I've been married 41 years, I got married right out of high school, but when we first would have a fight, when I was first married, um, I always went to a funny movie. He never knew where I was. He always started at, at my mom's. He'd call my mom. No, I went to a funny movie because in two hours, your entire perspective changes. That's how, how powerful humor is. Yeah. And that's why we get so, uh, like when Robin Williams passed, and the thing about him is, when he passed it was such a tragic and a tough thing but at the same time when you pass you experience everything that you've all the gifts you've given every laugh he gave to every person on the planet he experienced that back and what an incredible gift definitely yeah some of my favorite movies are comedy movies and most remembered too so that's that's a good perspective change the energy what what is your perspective on um what is actually happening in these experiences? Like, um, you know, Matt, Matt and I are trying to kind of get to the bottom of these things, like understand them scientifically a little bit. So I, I know this isn't really a science, you know, but in a way, um, I wanted to see what your perspective of it and how it affects reality and things like that. Yeah, and everything, science, math, it's all numbers. I have a very good friend that does what's called healing codes. And so using, and that is using um, mathematics, color, and sound reduced to mathematical code to write on your hand or whatever to put into the body. And it's beyond DNA. It's kind of like the, like star, the old Star Trek. But it's taking the universal energies and using it as a healing. And, and she has lost, she's used it, and it's for everything. They use it in Australia. They're using it in England. It, it's used for metaphysical. It's, it's used for psychological, emotional. They're doing a lot with schizophrenia with this. But it's using all the light, sound, and color and um, reducing it to mathematical codes and letting us connect with it. We're all raising our, obviously, we're raising our vibration or we're trying to raise to get more into what we call 5D, which is a more, I call, I view it as a Christ consciousness where you, you know, come into your own. Um, but I think we're trying to do that overall on the planet. And I think, um, and that's part of the political, you know, scene, which I don't usually talk about, but would have been the lesser of two evils. We are coming into ethical truth. We're coming into what's real. We're coming into, and that's what's happening now with all the Me Too stuff too. It's beyond the facade as a, a from a planetary perspective and a scientific perspective, we're raising the vibration. We're coming together and uh, and moving things kind of up. We're changing it up. We're not just physical anymore. We're changing things, um, both in nature and also in human nature. So we're, you know, we have a lot of um, 
uh, that's why we're more open. I think we have to be. I think, um, you know, there's a big influx of those that are leaving the planet and because they want to come back on the next wave because we have things that are going to be even more incredible coming on. I think that's why my grandchild's waiting to come in too. Come in on a new... <laughs> I've been waiting, but I know she's going to come. I've seen her. But anyway, no, I think we're, um, we're just connecting on that next wave and trying to raise, you know, to the next level. And we've been resistant and it, it's like now when everything's speeding up, you know, in the, um, the harmonic convergence and all that, um, we have to match it. You know, I, one of my spiritual teachers said, you know, it's not going to get better. We're just going to adapt, mm. you know, and, and so, so much of the time we're like, I just want things to stay the same when they never do. And in fact, from a spiritual sense, when I look at it, both from the physical and the spiritual, it's pretty darn exciting. It's an exciting time to be on the planet. And we're all trying to match that. We're trying to get to that, to that level of just awareness of, you know, uh, of ourself and feeling very empowered. It just being loving, coming to that, you know, to that place of pure love. And we're definitely not there, but we're getting there. And those that, that are not passing away. Hmm, interesting. Well, I know that you. Um... I, don't, I don't know how to answer your question. But that's, <laughs> that's my perspective. <laughs> it sounds like um, it, it kind of you're implying that it works on like an energy uh, level or a vibration level, and that um, you see like a society and the planet as a whole kind of um, increasing the vibration levels in order and and matching um, some type of other vibration that's kind of interacting with ours. I guess is that kind of what you're saying yes that sounds that sounds right and i i think it's interesting i know i was talking to you before but how much technology um we're instead of using it as a tool it's becoming very interactive and we're kind of uh you know raising our vibration and the and it's matching the energy i've had lots Mm -hmm. of uh encounters with spiritual happening through text messages for instance, I had have a, a friend, high school friend, whose daughter passed, and she texted her boyfriend from the funeral. I'm here. Her phone was at home. So it's using our science and math and technology as another medium, as another. It's really interesting because when I first started out um, in the law firm, I had an IBM 5520. It was like the top of the line back in the day, but it would you could send messages, and I would receive messages through through the machine and i thought it was really you know like affirmations or that type of thing and i thought it was interesting and then it went away and now i feel like we're you know we're kind of going back to that connecting with you know humanity and technology and working in companion with it instead of using it as a tool we're kind of working um, from a very higher perspective and raising that, you know, everything is energy. All the machines have energy. And I used to get really frustrated at my, my uh, printer and I would yell at it and I realized I have to be careful with that kind of thing. So then I started sending loving energy and it, it immediately fixed. That's how in tune we are with our, you know, technology and the new kids coming in, they've already got it. They don't, they just already know they're amazing. Yeah, that makes sense. Like uh, my parents' printers never work, and then I show up, and it it, it gets all better somehow. <laughs> I love you, and they're like, okay. Yeah, maybe that's it. I speak their language. I think 
you know, new generation speaks that technology language that maybe our previous generation didn't. Exactly. And, but everything is energy. Everything is energy. So, you know, the plants, the technology, the, everything does. And that's kind of where we're going is just appreciating and vibrating to that higher energy. And, and uh, you know, when you do that, people match it. You know, I always say when you raise your vibration, it changes everything. You may have people that can't be where you are, but you, but you have others that come in that are where you are in this new space. And that's just nature of energy. You know, we're always making that transition and, and uh, matching and releasing. Yeah. Um, I know you, you offered uh, Matt and I to have a reading. And since it's through a computer sure. and energy, you know, we, we can maybe do that. So um, yeah. you pick whoever you'd like to go first and then you do, you do your thing. Well, since you're on my screen right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> since you're right there, I'll look at you. Um, let me just, let me think how I'm going to do this. Um, and can you I describe think... some of what you're doing too as well? So that people watching or listening can kind of understand. Thank you. Sure. As I'm doing, sure. First, what I do is, is ground myself. It's an imaginary cord from the base of your spine to the center of the earth, invisible cord. It helps you feel connected and safe. Um, it's also the place you can release energy. So I tell people to take a deep breath and imagine releasing down this energy cord, anything you're ready to let go of. This cord can be tree roots. It can be a laundry chute, a beam of light. You can make it as big as you want. Mine's a pasta noodle because I like pasta. So I just <laughs> release things down it. So, and then I kind of move my energy up into a trance, more of a trance state. So I kind of look at your energy. I move up into the higher chakras. That's how I go into like trance. I always ask for divine help, divine, you know, energy, uh, my God, my, my guides, my divine, you know, self to, to raise to that higher vibration out of the physical. So that's what I'm doing right now with you. And, um, and then I just look. I usually have my eyes closed because it's easier for me. I would ask you to keep yours open when you okay. read me. <laughs> Scary? No, boring. Um, anyway, <laughs> so and then for you, I'll just um, I'll just look at at, for instance, your um, aura. So, or one of the layers of your aura. So, this is one of the readings I do. Um, I would look at the first layer. You have seven major layers. Uh, you have a lot more. You also have. I just had an attunement for twenty-two chakras. Uh, you have all, so much more than what we talk about, and we're all moving there. The first layer closest to your body is survival. I'd say home, family, money, health. Um, I'm seeing your layer. And depending on what your focus is, you may own one layer. You may be working on something more from one layer um, than, say, another. So I may say it starts at the top of your head. It goes all the way to your ankles. That means it's a big focus for you. It's something you're you're almost done with or you're completing. The farther down I see the the um, layer and the color, the more it's a focus. So I may say it goes to your ankles. I may say it goes to your to your earlobes. That means it's not a big focus. Now you don't get an A plus if it goes to your ankles and you flunk if it goes to your ears, <laughs> because there's no right or wrong. It's just next time you may be working on another layer you know, more, and it's because we change. We're always changing. So 
Um, so your first layer of survival, Lee, it um, goes all the way to your shins. It is green to me. So I'm looking at the energy and this is what I'm seeing. So it is green. To me, green is a healing color. Both blue and green are healing, healing colors. Um, blues have varying shades of blue. And as a reader, especially one that's been doing it a long time, you tend to pay attention to your own symbols or your, you get shorthands. Like when sometimes I'll see an X, and that means ex-spouse, ex-wife, ex-whatever. And it's because it kept coming up for me a lot. And that, so it's a matter of learning and paying attention to the symbols that come to you. So you really make it kind of your own. And, and that's paying attention to your own gifts or, or the messages as they're shown to you. Everybody has their own. I went to a reader one time, and I was avoiding meat. And three different readers saw a hamburger in my space. One was a cartoon hamburger. One was a, you know, a sketch of a hamburger in a magazine. And one was just a regular. And, and they all saw them, but they all saw them differently. If you have a reading, when readers are all on the same page like that, that's a fabulous reading because they're really seeing you. So you have green. It goes all the way down to your shins. It's a big layer. So you've been working on survival issues, home, family, money, health. <laughs> And I'm going to look at what the symbol is. So you've been doing a lot of healing work on it. You're actually almost done. The fact that it goes down to your shins, you're almost done with this. It's something you've been working on. Uh, I'm hearing for three months. So this is, um, yeah, this is a three-month cycle or something you've been working on for three months. And let me look at what the symbol is you want to show me of what you're working on or what is in it's like uh, you're showing me a target and you're shooting at the target and you're just almost there, but you keep missing. <laughs> and what, I, what I'm hearing from that is it's a lot of effort. You've had a lot of effort around. I just want to get through this. I want to make some change. And I'm also seeing a calendar. So what it's telling me is that, you know, you want to, as spirit, you're already there. You're already doing, because spirit's always a little ahead. You're already doing what you want to do. But you're kind of trying to get your body, you know, to, to work through what you want through your body. And it's, it's a little frustrating for you because the spirit, you're really fast. You just want to go there. But you had to go through some hoops to get where you wanted. And um, what I'm hearing is that um, there were some uh, things that came up that stopped you and they weren't yours. And that's really frustrating for you because... You, you like to plan. You, you have the master. You're kind of a control freak, I would say. You like to figure out what's going on and when you want to do it. And then something happens and you're stopped and it's really frustrating for you. So with spirit, you're just really ready to make this shift. Things have been just slightly off target. It's like almost there, but not quite. And part of this is, um, part of this is working on, um, your education is what I'm getting. Um, there's something about the timing of it. And it's like you're you're not able to, um, you wanted to be done a while ago, but it's still going. And in some ways, you found out that, oh, you, you actually have more that you need to do. And you really thought you were done. So that's a little frustrating is what I'm hearing as spirit. And I'm seeing all this as spirit. But the symbol is like, trying to get on target with things and, you know, with calendar, making it happen for you. It, the lesson, the spiritual lesson is patience. Um, not always your strong suit. Um, <laughs> but, 
but you're working on that. So that's why it's healing. You've been doing a lot of healing on and allowing, um, uh, trying to focus on time for yourself, which isn't always easy. You're very divided. You have a lot of things going and you're pulled in a lot of directions. And so to be able to take the time to really be on target and focus and take care of yourself, um, you will always do about five or six things at once because that's just how you are. But trying to streamline it and, and be on task, that's a challenge. Your button is when things happen that you can't control and, you know, um, you're pulled off. That's just the survival. <laughs> Thanks. That makes sense. <laughs> so, well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, let me see if I see anything anything else that you need to know spirit wants you to know oh okay so i just what i hear with you too is that um music is very healing for you and it takes you somewhere else so music is one of your go-to uh wind wind and sky i don't know i see a lot it looks like you had worked with the clouds in the past or you'd work with the weather so you're really fascinated by the energy and weather and storms and that kind of thing and how things change up with weathers because in a past life you had been like a monk who that's what you did was work with the earth energies and the weather so you have a fascination with wind and weather is what i hear wow so i'm just that's what i just heard so i just Throw it out there. <laughs> maybe I don't, a lot of times I'll get stuff. I, it may, I have no idea, but that's for you. Wow. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah. So keep working with the weather and the wind. If you were out in the wind listening to music, and that's a, that's a good spot then. Okay. That's for you. Nice. I'll try <laughs> that out. That's a good idea. Yeah. So hi. <laughs> All right, so you want to do Matt? Yeah. Sweet. Are you are you up to it? Are you ready? I'm up to it. I'm up to it. <laughs> so what I'm going to do for you is a little bit different. I do what I like to call a rose reading. It's one that not a lot of people do, but it's looking at you using a symbol. And you probably noticed I use a lot of visions and symbols. If you're using mm -hmm. a symbol of a rose, it could be a petunia or daisy or whatever, but I like rose. It's a neutral symbol that represents you as spirit. And what I'm going to do first is clear out <laughs> and help you make separations from the two of you because <laughs> you have a, have a past life connection. I also, just so you know, that um, it, it feels like a Roman lifetime where you were students together in Rome. And so I keep seeing that Roman lifetime, and I'm just going to move that out um, between the two of you. So there we go. Now I'm going to look at your rose. But first, your grandmother's hair. So you have your grandmother behind you. <laughs> oh. um, grandma, and I see energy whether they passed or not, just so you know, because I scared someone like, your mother's hair. She's like, she's still alive. But no, this almost feels like, yeah, it feels like she's passed. Okay. Anyway, I see a grandmother energy uh, next to you. Um, <laughs> she's just like squeezing your cheeks. She's sweet. She's got a sweet energy. I've seen her like squeezing, squeezing your cheeks and um anyway uh she comes to see you uh ah. well you know people come as come back as symbols and she's she's showing me a butterfly but she's also showing me that um sitting in the kitchen so being around food and and then she's showing me 
that she comes to see you when you're having food. And I can't tell if this is the whole family or just you, but I'm seeing her in the kitchen around you. Like, you know, when you're having your coffee, she's kind of there. <laughs> she's a very, um, uh, she has a pink energy, which is a very loving energy. Um, and she, she, she comes to see you quite often. She's very connected with you. You've had a lot of lifetimes. She'd actually been your mom in the past. And so it looks like you may be with her again. Just a very strong connection. Um, even if you didn't know her as long as you, it, it's, it's a heart connection. It's just a strong connection is what I'm hearing. So anyway, that's a side because she kept showing up. So I have, when I see it, I just tell you. <laughs> um, with your permission. I don't just go. So now I'm going to look at your rose. Your rose represents you as spirit in relation to the sun. I view the sun as the divine. So how you're operating as a spirit through the divine. Your rose is dark blue. Uh, blue is, again, like green. Blue is the healing color. Your rose is three quarters of the way open. It is directly under the sun. So what that tells me is you are open to the information. I want it. Bring it. I'm open. Uh, the fact that it's blue and not just a, um, like a blue-green. This is a dark blue. That's a certainty blue. That's a cosmic blue. That has to do with who am I and why am I here and what is what do I want to create in my life? What do I want to manifest in my life? And the fact that it's three-quarters of the way open. So uh, as spirit, we create things. We're both, let me go back. We have two agreements in my mind. We have two agreements in our lifetime. We have agreement with our body and our soul and our soul and our God. Those are the two. I always say anything with anybody else's gravy or lumpy gravy. As spirit, we create lessons for ourselves all the time. Spirit's always a little ahead. It takes your body time and space to process those lessons. Generally, it takes about six months from the time you put it out to the universe. I want a new car. I want to learn. I want to learn about love. I want to learn about you know hope. Whatever it is, whatever your lesson is spiritually, it takes about six months from the time you put it out to the time you finish. Um, at least that's the most active part. You could have a two-year, I'm hearing this as a two-year cycle. So if you went back two years ago, this is when you started this particular lesson. The fact that it's three quarters of the way open tells me that you are just about to finish a whole bunch of things. This is the period that you're in that I like to call the grand purge. <laughs> it's a lot of processing. It's a lot of releasing. It's a lot of change. So in the six-month cycle, it would you're about, you know, um, I would say you're about four months, four and a half months into this. And it's overall, it's already gone for me. What I told you overall is when you started it. Let me look at what the lesson is. Besides that you're really working on your certainty, your clarity. What do I know about myself? Why am I here? Really the big uh, consciousness lessons are very important to you. And blue is such a, um, a healing color. So what is your lesson that you're working through that you're getting ready to finish? <laughs> it's interesting. You're, you told me, how do I take it to the next level? <laughs> I want it to the next level. I'm going to ask what that means because that's not one I've heard before. What is the next level? Um, oh, yeah. So 
you got a little bored. It's time to change. You you need to change your life up. You've been doing the same thing for, did I say three years? I got three again, so I don't know if it was three before. You kind of started this path three years ago. You're done. You're really done. So now you're at the place of the what I call the spiritual band purge. This is change. Sometimes it's a change in jobs. Sometimes it's a change in relationships. Sometimes it's a death. Sometimes it's a move. Sometimes it's all of that. And you're just starting it. So buckle your seatbelt because lots and lots of things are changing. What's happening, just like I said before, you've raised your vibration. And when you do that, everything in your life changes. You may have relationships that you've had that go by the wayside. And they're meant to, you know. You own your power and you hope people match you. Instead of matching them at their lowest, you want to own your power and raise your vibration and have them match you. When that happens, sometimes people can't be where you are. That's when you'll hear... You've changed. Actually, you're becoming more who you are, and they're just not in that same space. But it also, um, you know, uh, so this is a, just a lot of release. It's introspection. I call it, um, you know, it's kind of like the hurricanes. Uh, your life is like a wave coming down, picking up the ocean floor, or the bottom of the, of the floor, and throwing everything back in your face. So you may have things come back to you like, I thought we were done, but here's this lesson again. Or you may have a relationship that means somebody that comes back to you and you go, ah, no, I still don't like you. Or, oh, maybe we can <laughs> work on this. A lot of introspection. It's a period right before a lot of change. And you're just, you have probably another, I don't like exact, but I would say you have another six or eight weeks of just a lot of change. And it may feel very chaotic in your body. I have no control over my life. I don't know what's happening. Everything's changing. It can be very disconcerting for your body, but in spirit, like the planet, it's very exciting because you're making a lot of change. And in about two months, because spirit's always a little ahead, you will be in the place I like to call spiritual kindergarten. It is a lot of fun. I'd like to say because you're looking at certainty that it's a lot of clarity for you. It's not. It's the universe giving you hints, you know. This is what it's. So in two months, you'll be in that place. It's like kindergarten. I'm in the classroom. I have no idea what's going to happen with my life, but it's really exciting. <laughs> and that's because you had to let go of this. Three years is kind of a long cycle. You had to let go of a whole bunch of stuff in the last three years that, you know, you were ready to uh, kind of may have evolved some um, relationships, too, I get, of a lot of discernment of people and how am I, you know, does this person resonate with me? And, you know, trying to fit in into places where you didn't. And that's why I'm hearing raised to the next level and just don't match the people, raise to where you're meant to be and invite the new ones in. You know, invite those that are kind of more on your thinking because it's been really frustrating. You've always, you have a very quick, fast mind and it's um, not everyone can keep up with you and that's so frustrating for you because you're a divergent thinker. You go beyond this out and, uh, you know, um, that's hard for people. They can't stay up, stay with you. So to find somebody that can stay on that wavelength and be quick with you, that's a fabulous thing. And that's what you're wanting. That's what you're, you know. So spiritual kindergarten, it, you may have a lot of signs, symbols, and synchronicities, my favorite things. Um, during spiritual kindergarten, for me, I would have books fall off shelves. Oh, apparently I'm supposed to read that. I would have, you know, the same song would play over and over, and it's like, you're supposed to pay attention. It's about finding your passion. You know, this is what it's about. 
and a lot of times you may, I call it kindergarten because it's like going back to when you were a kid. What did you like? What was, what was joyful? Because you kind of, you've kind of forgotten. You got very hung up in the intellectual thing, and now it's like your body's going, okay, so what is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know, but what is my passion? Why am I here? What am I supposed to? What's next? Because you're bored. Anyway, that's just part of a rosary. It goes on. There you go. Yeah, that was extremely accurate, I have to say. <laughs> but the good news is, oh, my gosh, you're going to be in such an amazing space in about two months, you know. So, I see, this is what I would tell someone that would come just hang on, buckle your seatbelt. No, it may be a little bumpy for the next couple of months, but it's for a reason. It's because something really positive is happening, and you have to let go. Unfortunately, sometimes we have to destroy to create, just like the planet's doing right now, and you're in that destroy to create you know very accurate yep <laughs> yeah uh, jody mine was very accurate and and you talked to me before and a lot of what you said was the same thing again which was kind of surprising well i mean it's not a it's not um i'm not saying that's like a false thing that's obviously like you i mean you didn't take any notes or anything like that when i talked to you last time and you remembered like the things that or you yeah I, I mean, yeah. People, I don't so I'm, so it's still there. You're still, you know, I've read probably since, when did I see you last year? I've probably done tons and tons of readings. Yeah. Year. I don't hold on to them. But, you know, I will have that happen. I had a, a, I have a young gal that apparently asked me the same question five times. Because I'm not in my logical space. I don't remember it. Thank God I release it. Not for me. she <laughs> asked you this question five times and you said the same thing every time i'm not going to ask it anymore and i'm like okay <laughs> you're like finally you get the point i'm like okay but i probably still i said when you change when something changes i'll tell you that too but right now this is what spirit tells me this is what you know i had a friend too that came to see me and i saw a peacock symbol in her second which is second to your emotions and sexuality so it's kind of a cool symbol for her second um, a peacock, but I didn't see her for probably five or six years. And she came back, and I did a reading, and she—I saw a peacock, I think, up in her heart. And I said, "I see a peacock in your heart." And she said, showed me her ankle. She had gotten a peacock tattoo huh. from the last reading. And so sometimes the inner, the the pictures move up, huh. you know, in the other. Interesting. But I, I definitely, I wouldn't quote it. No, I, I, I said that wrong. I mean, you, I don't think you remembered. I thought that would be impossible that you could remember that. But you told me some of the same similarity things, you know, and I was like, wow, that, that was surprising. So that's really cool. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely changed too. It's, it's a joy. It's, it's a gift. And, you know, I spent so many years in corporate and, um, I mean, I know I use my gifts in that way, but to be able to just, I had epiphany about two years ago, this is what you're meant to do in a bigger audience. Because I've been reading one-on-one for 20 years, and I just knew, I just heard and listened, and it's time to kind of get out and help, you know. And that's kind of how the books happen, too. I, I've only been writing three and a half years, and it's amazing. I did a meditation on creativity. I'm not creative. I can't paint. I can't draw. I used to dance. And boom, I had a message from the divine that said, this moment's creative. Every moment of your life's creative. Your body's creative. You co-created with your parents. 
everything. Don't have such a limited view of creation. And after that, boom, the words just poured in me as prolific. And now I'm in, I know I'm in four other books. I have two I've written myself. And so, yeah, I know in three and a half years. And the interesting thing, and I always tell people about dreams, those that have dreams, I actually saw, I'm holding my book up. I actually saw this book in a dream. Um, and nine months later, here it is. So I call it literally a dream come true. I even had because I figured I'm never going to remember that long title. And I was doing a podcast at the time, which I did not have. That was also interesting. So I'm on a podcast talking about my book. And I went, oh, to me, some people would go, oh, that's just kind of a crazy dream. No. When you're tuned into your gifts and I went, oh, apparently I have done this already in spirit. So now I need to get my body on board and actually do it. Same thing happened with me with seminary. I, I resisted it. No, be careful what you resist, you become. I resisted churches and I'm a minister now. So <laughs> I resisted seminary and I saw myself in a dream. And it's like, darn, if I'm already doing it, I'm meant to be doing it. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happened with the next book. But it, it's, this, I like to tell people because it's amazing how fast things can change. Three years ago, I didn't have a website. I didn't, you know, I've been doing one-on-one readings for, you know, forever um, because I didn't like kind of the, you know, the reading circles and going to different places and fairs. I really like working to, with people individually. And then it's just like, boom, now I'm supposed to do it. And so that's, listen, it's always about listening. I haven't been happier since, that's you know, great. I've never been happier. Well, um, what are some ways that people can get a hold of you and also um, check out your books and your website? Right. My website is jodydody.com. So kind of easy to remember. Yeah. I, I love having a rhyming name. Thank you to my husband. Um, but um, So you can find on my website, all my books are on there. And I also, um, one of the best places to find me is on Facebook or LinkedIn. Facebook, I have several pages. Um, I have my Jody Doty Soul Reader page, which is how you can connect. I give tips on that page, too, but how you can connect to schedule for reading. Or you can text me or go on my website, you know, and contact me through that. I have a page called Meditations and Musings by Jody Doty that have a lot of spiritual writings in mind. It's almost to 36,000. I've had it for three years. So it, I share other people's. I have a poetry page. I don't. I don't consider myself a poet. I consider myself a, uh, oh, what is it? Not a wordsmith. I'm a soulsmith. I just let the soul come through. And I do what are called um, soul writings where I will tune, just like I did with you, I'll tune into your energy and the words will come and I'll do a writing based on who you are. And it's amazing what comes through. Um, so that, so Meditations and Musings by Jody Doty, Jody Doty Soul Reader, and Poetry and Moon Soul Musings. I have a real connection with the moon. That's my book, Divine Explorations and Moon Soul Musings. I um, I'm also do uh, classes, like I said, workshops on inner child and then kids workshops, mostly in the local Puget Sound area. So, but go on the website, www.jodydoty.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and all the other Twitter, I'm not as good with Twitter, and I know that that's what everybody's using now. So I'm trying to get on board with it. <laughs> Do what you can. Going. It's all technology, you know. That's yeah. where we're going. I have spirits that contact me via text now. And call people <laughs> and say, oh. I mean, they're 
calling, my phone dialed somebody without power on and I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Somebody I'm supposed to connect with and it's like, okay. <laughs> well, it's great. I'll make sure to share those links with everyone as well. So uh, that would be great. Thank you for, for um, letting me have the opportunity yeah. to share my story. That's what we all need to do. Well, thanks for coming on our show and spending time with us and also doing the readings. That's really, that was really great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a wonderful evening. Yeah, you too. If you enjoyed this episode of Cosmic Echo and would like to learn more about Jody Doty and her work, you can visit our website at taileaters.com backslash CE podcast. And there you can click on links that will take you to her website as well as her books. Additionally, you can support this podcast by clicking on our donation page located at the same website. We look forward to bringing you additional episodes in the near future, but until then, happy dreaming.